and welcome to a very special mini-sode of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I'm still John Rooney. And this week joining us in the studio, quote fingers, we have one half of the comedy music uh, experience, mm. the comedy rock titans of Chicago, mm. uh, Tiberius. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Lorenzo Toya. Happy to be here. He'll be with us next week as well when we discuss the 2009 Jar Jar Abrams remake. Hashtag Jar Jar Abrams. Hashtag Jar Jar Abrams. That will make much more sense next week. Uh, it won't. <laughs> it won't. No, You're right. It doesn't help. Um, when we're talking about his uh, the big reboot, reimagining, reconceptualizing of Star Trek. And this week, we're talking about our favorite Star Trek. So, Lorenzo, let's start with you. You are our guest. Oh, thank you. What's your favorite Star Trek? Oh, boy. Oh, well, the original. TOS, baby. William Shatner, DeForest Kelly, Leonard yeah, Nimoy. What is that? TOS? <clears throat> the original series. Oh, I thought, it st- I thought it stood for, like, something of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, POS is piece of shit. The like of shit. Yeah, yeah, like... Total of shit. <laughs> yeah, total of shit. No, yeah. The, Tree of shit. The original series, That great uh, Terrence Malick movie, <laughs> Tree of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think you could use to describe most of his <laughs> recent yeah, albums. Yeah, seriously, that's all of them, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely the original series. I love those. I love those guys. I love uh, Michelle Nichols, George mm-hmm. Takei, mm-hmm. uh, his Facebook presence notwithstanding, uh, Walter Koenig. I just you love all really of them. hate George Takei. I don't like how George Takei uses any platform he can to talk shit about William Shatner. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't like how he, as an adult, couldn't put things to bed, and he just has to use any chance he gets to talk shit about another person, even if he hasn't spoken to him in thirty years. I I don't like that. Um, and his memes are, and his memes are okay. <laughs> They're not quite dank enough for Lorenzo. <laughs> but uh, the original series, you know, like it inspired NASA's current engineers to go into space travel and science, and uh, it was good storytelling for the '60s, and it uh, really revolutionized a lot of things. And. Um, Forrest Kelly is everything, and uh, I love him as uh, Leonard McCoy in the show. He's a great I, I, character. I, I, one of the things I love about the original series is that it really sets the template for like all the different parts of the characters, but specifically the captain. Like Kirk is like your prototype captain. You know, he he's fearless in the face of danger, yeah. and he's just as comfortable doing diplomatic peacekeeping uh, missions as he is just punching other aliens in the face as he is sleeping with every woman across the galaxy. For sure. Zap Brannigan in Futurama. Yeah. Uh, 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 Mal from Firefly. I mean, Han Solo all these, even. Yeah. Exactly. All these people took something from all of those archetypes. Spock, Bones, uh, Kirk. Right. And none of that Kirk... Uh, this is something we were talking about before we were recording we were watching the movie. Uh, Kirk... Is I guarantee you he has left a trail of illegitimate children <laughs> all across the galaxy, enough to crew his own ship. Yep, yeah, all yeah. of them named James Junior. Yeah, all of them James Junior. So that's so, worth admiring. Yeah, yeah. Right. somewhere north of NBA player, somewhere south of blues man. <laughs> <laughs> he's the uh, I would say he's the Antonio Cromartie of uh, space. Yeah, he's the Roger Ailes of space. <laughs> oh, oh, come on, he is. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Look at how he handles the alien women. <laughs> oh, man. 
I mean, wearing, got... wait, what do you mean? Wearing gloves and dismisses, dismissively? <laughs> How he grabs their arms every time he talks to them, like, oh, this is the 60s. <laughs> God. Thank God this wasn't in the 80s or we'd all hate him. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Although You're I right. Had he done that in Tech War, we'd all been very upset. <laughs> TJ Hooker. Like, a profound difference, I think, between the Chris Pine and William Shatner performances of James D. Kirk is... William Shatner always seemed like a risk taker, but Chris Pine seems just like a thrill seeker. Mm. Yeah. Which is a very... That's, yeah. It's that's a, a fine yeah. distinction, but it's a very important but distinction, I think. Yeah. Right, because, like, uh, Shatner's Kirk is a guy who takes risks, but they're calculated risks. He's It's so that he can get something done, yeah. so right. he can but, like, save something. But at and, the same time, like, he knows, like, yes, this is a risk, but, like, I've done the math in my head, and, like, I, I know there's a better chance of it succeeding than there is failing. Whereas opposed to Chris Pine's Captain Kirk is just like, woo! Yeah. Well, there's literally a line of dialogue in the movie saying like, oh, you don't look before you leap. There's not enough of that in Starfleet. Good, there shouldn't be. Yeah. You are running yeah. around the galaxy in weaponized spaceships. Yeah, <laughs> look yeah. everywhere. In, in the first movie when Kirk's an admiral and uh, Will Decker, uh, Seventh Heaven Dead, he's the new captain of yes, the Enterprise. Right. And he comes in and he takes over because they've got this... You know, uh, universe-threatening uh, uh, force they have to battle. Yeah, it turns out it was just the goddamn Voyager satellite. <laughs> right. Yeah, hey, like, don't ruin the bullshit. fucking movie, right. asshole. Yes. So, You're right. No, it's not. That, let's not say what it is. It's just the most boring villain movie history. <laughs> True. Let's just say that. I'll grant you that that movie's incredibly boring. That idea still kind of excites me, though. So, so it's one interesting. Of the, one of the crew members who's new, not one of the old crew members, Oh, yeah, obviously one of the new crew members. He says, uh, you know, Will Decker's been here for the whole reformat of the ship, and Uhura says, our chances of returning from this mission have just doubled. And that's like the confidence that everyone has in Kirk, and that's the confidence he exudes, and he always, you know, succeeds. It's just... Yeah. He's an incredible character. Yeah. Also, William Shatner, Canadian. And that's a... There we uh, go. Yeah. That's a bump up in my book. Yeah. Isn't that interesting, too, because James T. Kirk is like... Amongst the most all-American heroes oh, yes. of that era, corn-fed Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, there it is. I mean, well done, John. <laughs> but I mean, for '60s, he's like second or third behind John Wayne as far as like American icons of American masculinity. Oh yeah, at that no time. Was well, wait, John Wayne. So you got John Wayne as number one. Who was the potential number two or three? <laughs> Man, I like that one. I like oh, that geez, one. You had that in the chamber ready to go. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, that was perfect. Because I'm sitting here, I'm like, is it Steve McQueen? Is it Paul Newman? <laughs> nope, it's Tricky Fucking Dick. <laughs> uh, you know, at the time, actually, sometimes I, I hesitate because in my family, people get really uh, excited about Robert Mitchum. <laughs> oh, wow. Sure, sure. Do you want to be like, hold back on that one? Yeah, even JFK. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, moving on. Lorenzo's chosen the the tree of shit. <laughs> Patrick, what is your favorite Star Trek? You know, uh, and since Lorenzo has already taken the original series, which is like bar none, I think, uh, top quality. Uh, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine recently, and I have to agree with him. I'm going to go with DS9. Mm. For the reason that uh, Star Trek, on the one hand, as we were talking about, or as we will talk about in the podcast next week, there's an adventure action element to it. But one of the things that's always really interesting to me in Star Trek is the world that they actually build. And DS9, in that they're not traveling around, in that it does take place in a static environment on a space station, they build that world better and with more depth. And I think that uh, as far as like interest in the Star Trek universe goes... 
DS9 is the best place for that. So that's what I would go with DS9. Also, Cisco, fucking awesome. B, Worf with a girlfriend. Endless <laughs> hilarity. Endless hilarity. And the Deviant Class Battlecruiser is fucking incredible. It has quantum torpedoes. Quantum people. <laughs> all right, quantum. So, all right, so let me just let me just uh, yeah. backtrack a little bit because mm-hmm. I am the least Star Trek uh, knowledgeable person yeah. here. All right, number one, Cisco. I know he he's the black captain, right? That's right. That is awesome. That is yeah. fantastic. And he's I, the best. Yeah. Uh, number Great two, goatee and bald head. Well, eventually he had no goatee for a while. And it yeah, was that's right. Kind of weird, it and is, not a bald it, head. It was kind of weird. It is odd. Yeah, agreed. He's like the Danny Glover of space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, and number two, uh, isn't Quark on that ship? Yeah. Ship? Yes. All right, so yeah, all right, good. I just want to make sure I remember that. Because Quark, and then like Quark was from a different show and came to that one? He Quark was, was on that TNG. One. He, he was, was on TNG. Okay. All right. Yeah, he okay. shows up in Next Gen along with Worf, and then they're eventually... And then Worf has a girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, Worf has a and girlfriend. A Oh, spoilers. Yeah. Wait, wait. He has spoilers. a wife and a girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, oh no, man. No. I mean, it's Worf. Not- <laughs> He's a swinger. <laughs> yeah, but when Worf came on to DS9, ooh, they were locked and loaded. Oh, man. yeah. They could have gone on forever. It oh, was great. man. It's good stuff. And I, I love about DS9 is that it the episodic arcs, you know? Like, yeah. They told like a episodes. nice little set of stories. Oh, it's yeah. almost like the old animated Spider-Man. That's mm. what I think about when I think about somebody yeah. that put together a good miniseries sure. within a series. For sure. But yeah, they totally did. So and it was all nice. self-contained, too. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice and tight. Yeah. John, favorite Star Trek? Cool. Uh, yeah, so I'm not as deep into Star Trek, but I have a very large soft spot in my heart for The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. It's It takes the foundation that was built with the original series, and it kind of tweaks it, modifies it, kind of, I don't want to say update it, but it definitely has its own kind of spin on things. Like, Data is the Spock character for Next Generation, but he literally cannot feel emotions and wants nothing more than to be a real boy. (laughs) Uh, For some reason, there's a psychiatrist on the bridge of the Enterprise who can tell if someone's angry just by hearing them yell, I guess. Listen, if an astrologer gets to advise the president (laughs) at the time... Then an empath gets to advise the captain. Also, isn't there a child on the bridge? Ah, uh, yes, Wesley Crusher. Well, he's by, by Will Wheaton, right? Yeah. Yes. Will what does Wheaton. he do? Ah, uh, is annoying. Sometimes oh. he steers the ship, but he, he mostly gets it. yelled at and says, "But what if we did this?" And then a grown-up has to say, "No, because that's not how anything works." Yeah, he's like a You're problem a child. solver. He's yeah. like a plot solver. You know, he's a prodigy. He's capable of. Almost everything. So he's he's, a, he's very much like a self insert character yeah. for a lot. Yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on. So my wife, uh, D. Yeah. Amaral, if you if you hear a ghostly apparition in the background of so, this podcast, so my wife D. Amaral, who you might remember from our Rambo three episode, one of my favorites, uh, is trying to whisper something. Lean forward, say something. <laughs> Tell us what you think about Wesley Crusher. He was the dreamboat. Oh, oh okay. Wow. Wesley Crusher was yeah. there for the. Well, see, on the, here's he's the, thing. the He's the Jonathan Brandis from Sequest character. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Brandis. I'm going to have to disagree with you on this because I have not gotten to the best character in Star Trek history, the dreamiest. Get that it, is get it, uh, get it, get it, get it. Captain Picard. Whoa, Captain what? Jean-Luc Picard. No, I can't no, be that dreamy. No, He's French. No. <laughs> what did you think he was going to say? Fucking Will Riker. 
First of all, Riker is just no, 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 Patrick, please stop aggressively shaking your fingers. No, 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 no. This is the top three most handsome men on the next generation. So, Patrick, I want to communicate through top three lists from now on. Number three is Picard, John's choice. Number two is actual Jonathan Frakes, who plays William Riker. Number one is William Riker's postseason one beard. It's the most handsome beard to ever be filmed. And it's the only beard that would later go on to direct clock stoppers. <laughs> and that's how male attractiveness works see, in see, TNT. I, I dig, John. No, see, I dig Picard because not only does he have the eyes of a poet, the heart, the heart which has been stabbed by a Klingon once or twice, of a true warrior, but like, I don't know, he is a captain who is as comfortable with diplomacy as he is with action. And there is something that is constantly level-headed about his approach to any problem that just... Whereas Captain Kirk exudes confidence, Captain Picard exudes just fucking suave, man. <laughs> I, think, I think what you're trying to say is that Kirk exudes confidence, but Picard exudes competence. Whoa. Uh, don't ever fucking speak for me again, <laughs> am I? Am I wrong? That's a dumb way of looking at it, no. sure. No, he's like a diplomatic... Alright, well let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How many times was Captain Jean-Luc Picard uh uh taken over by the Borg? How many times? <laughs> uh yeah, he was taken over by the Borg one more time than, than Captain every Captain. other captain <laughs> in the fleet ever. <laughs> Jean is wrong. <laughs> Yeah. But when he's in so there, maybe there's still before a spark you see- of humanity, and he uses that to put a reverse-engineered virus into the Borg cube, whereby escaping his imprisonment. He's also lived two lifetimes. Yeah, he lived an Jesus. entire lifetime She's in a right satellite where he learned how to play flute and make love to his wife. Oh, uh, let me ask you this. <laughs> yes. Both things that Will Riker can do from day one. <laughs> Let me ask he you. He plays this. the saxophone, you monster. <laughs> well, let me ask you guys this: uh, How many of the other captains met God? <laughs> how many of the other captains strategically defeated God? Actually, None of them. Only Spock. <laughs> you know, Cisco's Sis- kind of considered a god. To a That's true. People. Is it what, yeah. the Jem Hadar? Joran, the he's, uh, he's an emissary. Mm-hmm. There, he's a prophet. So, I mean, Cisco—that's your first black captain there. I mean, he's kind of godlike. Uh, but, did, but did he meet God? He did not. No, no he's just considered no. God. People have met him. Nor did he. <laughs> nor did his first mate fire a bunch of disruptor cannons into his face. <laughs> Fuck you, God. Uh, welcome back to the <laughs> welcome back to the Christopher Hitchens Atheist Podcast. <laughs> hey, Mark, what's your favorite Star Trek? Hey. So we can all yell about how hey, wrong you, you are. Don't, oh. You don't let. You don't ask Mark the questions. He asks himself, damn it. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Mark. <laughs> how, you, how you doing, How you buddy? doing, <laughs> Doing all right? You look tired. <laughs> you had a long day, haven't you? <laughs> You've been yelling a lot more than usual. <laughs> hey, buddy. What's your favorite Star Trek? I don't know if I want to answer that. I'm going to get yelled at. Because I'm absolutely wrong. <laughs> but my favorite Star Trek is the J.J. Abrams reboot Star Trek 
uh, 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 timeline, the Kelvin mm. timeline, the yes. Star Trek beta. Yes. And here's why. Here's why. Yeah. I am a lifelong Star Wars fan. I've loved Star Wars since the day I was born. Uh, like, I can even find things, uh, not many, but some things to defend with the hated prequels. And for me, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies are much closer DNA-wise to Star Wars movies than they are Star Trek movies, which is just a bunch of old white people sitting around talking about bullshit, with very few exceptions. As opposed to a bunch of young white people flying around in space, blowing up giant space stations, which is so much more But I mean, fun. that's kind of the problem, is that Star Trek used to be singular and unique among sci-fi franchises. That's where you went for people having really long conversations yeah, about the nature that's, of things. That's, that's true. also true, but I will say this, and even William Shatner recently uh, uh, said this, had Star Wars not come out in 1977 and become the hit that it was, we wouldn't have gotten a Star Trek, the motion picture. Oh, you're... Which means yeah. none of the other Star Trek would exist, including the J.J. Abrams reboot. I want so to make it very I, clear yeah. that, yeah, Star Wars is a billion percent better than Star Trek. Whoa! Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Whoa. Thank you. But that's why I love... That's Whoa. why I like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, because they're very much more in the uh, Star Trek vein. They're more adventure movies as opposed to, like, floating congresses in space. Man. Like, if I, I want to watch... Like, I want to see if I want floating congresses in space. I don't. I don't. I saw those movies uh, and they were terrible and they had ETs in them and they're garbage. No, no. They were terrible because they were directed by George Lucas. Uh, also true. Um, I, yeah, there's... I don't know. There's I mean, just come on. No, the Star Trek Into Darkness has... Scenes where they're discussing politics, just as they do with Senator Amadal. I wanted to say fuckface. Yeah, Amadala, Amadula, and uh, and Padme Amadala. You fools! Oh, she is from the planet Naboo. She was the child queen. I know That's all this. Right. I choose to not say it out of disrespect <laughs> for her. Thank you, Lorenzo. Also, so Lorenzo is an anti-Semite. <laughs> I'm talking shit about Attack of the Clones, okay? Also, break. When, when Lorenzo's anti-Gungan. <laughs> okay, I can live with that. <laughs> Gungans, gross. <laughs> Fish people, disgusting. <laughs> they are just a worse Admiral Akbar. They really are. Yeah, they're, they're like I. I wait till we get to our Star Wars episodes. I will have. I've got my dissertations for each film prepared. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the Gungans are kind of indefensible. And yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I am not, I don't hate Jar Jar Binks, but like, I do. you can take him out of the movie and I wouldn't miss him. Right. Yeah, but how would we get all those lens flares? Uh, JJ, <laughs> JJ Binks, <laughs> son of Jar Jar Abrams. <laughs> Worlds are colliding. <laughs> Timelines are folding. Boss <laughs> Nass Whedon. <laughs> nice. All studied under Emperor Spielberg. Well, see, on. I was going to try to do some kind of Count Dooku, Count Dracula thing, but his name is already a stupid pun on Count Dracula. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, his is. name is a stupid pun on Count Dookie. <laughs> it's a fucking Count Dookie Hauser MD. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> The teen doctor who grew up to be a 98-year-old man fighting with a lightsaber. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I, I will stand by the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. I like Star Trek. I like Star Trek Into Darkness. Ooh. Haven't, uh, kiss my ass. I haven't seen Star Trek Beyond yet. I'm sure it's great, uh, even though it is removed from the J.J. Abrams uh, uh, hand. He's still involved as a producer. Still part of his timeline. I oh, like yeah. those movies. I think they're a lot of fun. 
And, uh... Well, you know what's gonna have to happen to you? Is that we're gonna get you one of them <laughs> clockwork orange chairs, tape open your <laughs> eyelids, and just make you watch Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, mm. until you understand how great it is to mm. listen to noir in space. Na-na-na-na! <laughs> who, yeah. killed, who killed the guy? Right. Whose boots are they, Lorenzo? I will say, Whose boots? it has my all-time favorite line, which I believe is delivered by Worf, which is, This is not Klingon blood! Yes! Yes! Yeah. Which is great! It's not Worf, Worf but it is. his own grandfather yeah, in an undiscovered country. Also, is that true? Uh, Michael Dorn yeah. plays Worf's grandfather, who's a, a Klingon yeah. lawyer. Dorf? Dorf. <laughs> He's like the public defender. Is he the Tim Conway? The Tim Conway straight to video character who taught people how to play golf? He just stands on his knees with little fake shoes. Is that that what we're talking about? I don't think so. Also, for the record, Undiscovered Country is the one where Scotty says, I know the ship like the back of my hand, and then knocks himself out by walking into a steel beam, which is what they're referencing when Kirk gets onto the shuttle to leave Iowa. Yeah, and, and I don't believe in. Kirk said anything. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything at all. He yeah. just walks into it. Yeah, so... Undiscovered Country. Ooh. The best. Great. So, Star Wars. <laughs> <Lewis better. laughs> we left our chances. We win. Uh, okay, you've you've successfully... Uh, yeah, show me one Jedi who ever killed God. Oh, God. So very yeah, you many. you shitty gods. You shitty, <laughs> shitty gods is your problem. Are we going by canon or legends? <laughs> Here's the thing. You just said a God. You didn't say the God. <laughs> I said, who killed Q? I just said God. Yeah, Picard meets Q a lot, and Q yeah. is considered a god. Who's Q? Q's From the continuum. Is. He was yeah. on Days of Our Lives too. Yeah. John wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> is Q Q's the one that makes all the gadgets, right? No. <laughs> He's no. the one that gives Picard a sweet Aston Martin oh. with the ejector seat. Can we it. end this, please? Yeah. <laughs> My insides uh, are bleeding. For all right, all right, all right. Honorable mention for best Star Trek: Battlestar Galactica. I'm Mark Rosenthal. <laughs> Damn it, I'm Patrick Bromley. God, I guess I'm still John Rooney. Yeah, and also, weirdly <laughs> enough, and also special thanks to our guest Lorenzo Toya of uh, the comedy rock gods who will be killed by Kirk and Spock someday. Tiberius. If we were only so lucky. Thank you very much. Download the album. Download their album. We're here. Uh, you can get it on Spotify and on Bandcamp and I'm yeah. sure other places maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, iTunes. iTunes? It's on iTunes. Fucking buy it on iTunes. Don't get it for free, shitheads. <laughs> Pay money for it. Good night or day or whenever it is you're listening to this. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Bromley, John Rooney, and Mark Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, anywhere fine podcasts are purveyed. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, give us the confidence to finally stand up to the bullies who are always taking our podcast money. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com. I know the music is over, I know I should have stopped talking already, but I just want to take one moment and say... I'm sorry for you saying the word shitheads. Clearly, I am the shithead for calling everybody shitheads. Signing off, this is Mark Shithead Rosenthal, Esquire. I love you. Good day.